you can call any back. That's because we're professional, professional podcasters. What does it take to be a professional podcaster? Nothing. Not a lot. What's 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 the plural noun for two white guys having a conversation? A podcast. <laughs> I'm not saying that only white guys can podcast. I'm just saying that that is the joke is that is the, the over representation. The over representation of, of white guys in the podcasting world. Um But and the you thing know, I like about podcasts is that anybody can do it, so anybody Anybody uh, can do it. You can go to anchor.fm right now and sign up to have a podcast. The only thing you got to do is enjoy doing it. And I'm sure some villain has a podcast oh that gosh, I would disapprove villain. of. Oh, I disapprove but, of it so much. But I mean, a lot of people who really haven't been able to get their voices out there in the past can bypass the democratization of information. No, it's really good. It's it's good. Uh, you can You can put it on SoundCloud. You can put it on Anchor.fm. You can put it on YouTube. I know some people that put out a podcast through YouTube. Um, there's no RSS feed, and so I can't subscribe to it, and so I will never listen to their podcast. Sorry, Love Twitches. You're great, but if there's no RSS feed, I can't put it in my little app thingy. Um, but, but yeah. And I think... I think the first podcast that I listened to seriously was... Um, Idle Thumbs? Actually, it wasn't Idle Thumbs. It oh. was before that. It was the KOL radio show for the Kingdom oh, of Clothing. Oh, yep. Um, and that is... Uh, I didn't uh, even consider that to be a podcast because... That's the thing. They called Back it... in the day, you didn't call them podcasts. Yeah, they, it was long enough ago that you didn't have to call it a podcast. They could call it an internet radio show, and that was considered... Like well, a thing, and, and they also they did it live. They would like, they would have uh, a, a live playing like at a certain time, and like theoretically you could say something in the KOL chat that they would see and then say it on air or whatever. Mm -hmm. Not that that really happened much, as far as I recall. Um, but yeah. But it could happen. You know those those guys are really great. They do some amazing comedy work, and if you want a funny stick figure RPG game, you should check out West of Loathing. It's a a cowboy RPG in the style of a JRPG. I'm carefully not saying Western RPG there. I ooh, oh, accidentally dropped that We got a, we got a skeleton, skeleton monster and he fell off the edge. Hi, skeleton. So I think I need to go down all these paths. Like, but I think... One of them has a key I need, and then the rest are progression. Basically. And I am uh, methodically using my lens of truth because there are all sorts of uh, trap possibilities that I might not remember. Well, I guess I seem to be remembering most of this stuff. I froze the like uh, like, but in a state where it had armor. Like 
There's the keys. I think I just have to hunt down everything. Yeah, in the room, and then I can get to the back. It's uh, it's a murder simulator. Oh my god. It yeah, is a video is, game. It's a video game. And as we all know, all video games are murder simulators. As we learned on Idle Thumbs. As we learned on Idle Thumbs. There's another good podcast. No longer in production, but um, I also I wish the best for the Idle's Thumbs. And uh, as far as I know, the Idle Thumbs podcast is like still available in archive form. And a lot of the time it was like topical video game news type stuff, but like it's still it's still good comedy. So if you want some video Especially game news, comedy, especially like the last, you know, the last several before three hundred, like the ones that led into um, Important If True, and you can yeah. listen to like a couple of the last few episodes before Important If True started, and then jump into Important If True with like the the moth taxi driver lore and stuff. Yeah, um, Important If True is by the same group of people, but basically they realized the cast was getting less and less about video games and more like just sort of insane, weird, funny stuff that they would like get sent information about um, and then talk about. And They had different so they decided, obsessions over the years. Yeah. Like, um, the Big Dog Robot and like anything by Boston Dynamics, like Pet Man as well. Yeah. So, um, so they they would they would they decided that if they're gonna have a podcast that's just about weird stuff, that's a fine thing to have a podcast about. You just put it in a separate feed from the one that's theoretically supposed to be about video games. Um, so they split it up, and they went. It was like 300 episodes of Idle Thumbs. At least, yeah, maybe more. And it's like a decade-spanning thing because they had stopped. Yeah, they for, took some breaks periodically for quite a while at one point, and then came back after a, an early Kickstarter, seemingly. Yeah, and then uh, Important If True also ran for at least a Secret year. Secret tunnel. Secret yeah. tunnel. There's a block. Uh, that's concealed by a wall, but you can you can reach in and grab it out, and then now you push the block along a track, and there are like spiky spike droppers. Spike droppers, yeah, that's the technical term. There are spike droppers that um, can like void you out if they hit you from above because if, yeah, they, if they like, hit you above, it's an kill you. Kill. Um, but it's just like it's like how lava does like a couple damage and then throws you at the start of the room. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not terrible. a game over. It's just like a just a back to the start of the room for you. Uh, I don't you didn't want do it to what be I a wanted. game over. I'm not a crazy person. Yeah, you don't need it to be to be psychotic. It's just. Uh, I'm just mentioning that it's like not a terrible punishment. It's yeah, it's a, it's reasonable. A, it's the correct amount of punishment. Um, because uh, I mean, in, in Zelda 2, you have three lives, and getting pushed by a monster, like getting totally cheap killed by a monster, will um, that can uh, take off a life. That takes off a life by pushing you into a pit, and then like in the last area, it takes like quite a while to get there. Um, and I, you do re the the only place you do respawn is the the final temple. But I mean. Boy, oh yeah, the game's pretty hard. Oh heck, we Otherwise, can do. you always respawn in the same spot. We could do oh. the Zelda 2 chat later. Yeah, weren't we supposed to play? Wasn't I supposed to play Zelda 2? You can play Zelda 2 fresh if you want. You don't have to, since we're only talking about in the first portion. We would only be talking about up through the end of Temple One. So. Well, uh, I, I mean, I I'd like to play it while. Sure. 
but the the um, the recording for that wouldn't be a let's play. It would just be a discussion about. Okay. Well. And then the way that it works is that Bill is going to have like ten people contribute all their discussions, and then he's going to sort of sift through all of the words that are said and and turn it into uh, like a narrative, basically. Um, I guess this has been done with other things before. Um, oh, I think so, yeah. But I mean, like, specifically by, by Bill and, and oh, their, specifically and their by group. Them. Yeah, um, but I've I've not been in previous versions, but there's, like, they're actually setting up for another one where it's, like, um, the King Kong movies and or the King Kong versus Godzilla movies or something, and, like, once a week they're going to watch a King Kong and or Godzilla movie for the start of 2021. It's Podcasters Assemble, is actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. I saw the first. Um, well, that was troubling. That, I thought that the was, game crashed. I thought the game had stuttered in a very bad way. Um, the first episode of the Zelda 2, sort of talking, discussing the manual. Um, is oh, out, no. And I can, I can play you that. Yeah, I think I'll. Uh, I want to look at the manual, listen to that episode, and then play the first section, uh, and then talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get a feel for like, you know, what's going on. So, so I have like the real ROM, and then we can like you can play. I'll the play real the ROM. real ROM. I I don't need I don't need the hacks. Okay. Because I mean, they mostly make it easier. And they improve the translation. Is there uh, a compromise where it just levels me faster? Uh, it doesn't change, like, the difficulty of the enemies? We, we could make a second copy. Well, it's, a, it's not that the enemies are easier. It's like, when you die, you go back to the start of the temple instead of going back oh, to the Oh, I thought you were saying it made the enemies easier. No, the enemies are the same difficulty. It's just the, the respawning is... Like oh, yeah, much closer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it speeds no, up the game that way. I would love to respawn on site. I am a noob in that way. Yeah. Um. Or like when you when you die, you don't lose your partial points progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's just things like that. Um, oh man, I gotta I got the. I'm a little excited. I just Zelda 2 is crazy. <laughs> Zelda 2 is crazy. We're not going to give too many thoughts about Zelda 2 mm-hmm. in this cast. You yeah. got to wait for the podcasters assemble cast to know our thoughts on Zelda 2. I guess that is true. Yeah, that's definitely how we would have to do it. Because otherwise we'd be betraying the other cast. So in this room, there are some uh, silver rupees. Some of them are like in the middle of the air, and what you got to do is you got to line up link with the silver rupee and a hookshot target that are like at the ceiling and stuff so that when link gets dragged along through the hookshot chain he picks up the rupee in the process it's pretty cool it's very cool it really this is a puzzle that makes you, you feel awesome it makes you feel awesome but it, it uses the 3d in a way like you could not have made this zelda that zelda puzzle in a 2d zelda game I think you're right. That's it's something that feels very good in this that um, just doesn't have a direct analog in yeah. 2D. There would there would be no way, no way at all to make that reasonably work in Link to the Past. Even in Link to the Past 2, 
which is normally pretty awesome. You jerk. That keys. Yeah, so in this room, uh, there's a skull statue. Well, I guess uh, I needed to defeat all the keys anyway. Yeah, with, with blue flame skulls, and there are bombs, bomb flowers at the top. And uh, what you're supposed to do is throw a bomb into the blue flame skull urn thing and blow it up. It's pretty the key cool. Comes out. It is really cool. And then the key just flips out onto the ground like a rupee. Yeah. It's just got a little icon sitting there. It's pretty cool. And then you stop and do the little uh, chest pickup when you yeah. actually get to it. Yeah, it's very nice. Um, and this lets us get through the door, the, the, the silver rupee floaty, silver floaty rupee room. Yes, which had a, a, a key door. I'm having trouble aiming the hookshot right now. So this is the first we encounter um, a big van. And this time we actually go the other way around and use the iron boots to walk despite the fan. I really like uh, this element of it. I think it's, it's clever isn't maybe the word. It's really good conveyance teaching you with one tool that you've used a bunch for the water temple. Yeah. And Because it, there's a check in the game to make sure you've beaten the water temple before you can normally access this temple. Yeah. I um, probably put on my fire tunic for a minute. Hmm. Oh yeah. Because there's like I'm fighting there's, there's a, a There's trap. a thing that shoots fire. Periodically it shoots fireballs at you. Um... I wonder if it'll open if I'm looking at it, because... Okay, so it won't open if I'm looking at it. But... Maybe it's just a longer timer than I think. It could be it. It appears to be just on a long timer, yeah. I don't even know if I have to There's an eye this. switch. I, I probably... don't I think you just go past it. That door doesn't look like it's Yeah, I'm I've been wasting my time. Yeah. If you shoot the eye switch it does disappear as though you killed it. So there's that. And it was annoying me, so I killed it. So, so what I like though is um that it's faster to keep the iron boots on than to take them off in some instances. That is true. Um um how do I put this? So, this this Zelda forms the formula for a lot of other Zeldas. But it does it really well. Um, it does it pretty well, and it, it also, it does it imperfectly. There are Zeldas that improve upon this, but this one has a little bit of cross-item usage. You got the Iron Boots in a different dungeon, but then you, you sort of... In a different pre-dungeon thing. Yeah. You're, you're focusing on using hover boots in this dungeon, and then they're like, okay, no, no, for this one room, we're gonna do, we're gonna do iron boots instead. Just, you know, keep those, keep those boot options going. Oh, yeah, and this, that was, we went through the room that had, um, you put on the hover boots, and then the fans will, like, blow you to the side, but instead of having you go off the side into the void, you go through an invisible wall, 
and then sideways go to a uh, an extra room. And you can either see it with the lens of truth, or you can see the alcove in the map. Yeah, I like that that it shows on the map because the map would never lie to you. Yeah, even with on your the eyes. Yeah, even on the mini map, you can see the tiny outline of the door while you're standing in the room. So they're like. Having that uh, help players who haven't looked at the um, actual map screen, because I usually don't. Yeah. Unless, like, in the um, so it's something that's bottom of the well, really... I forgot, and then the uh, water temple, I just kept sort of uh, checking. Right. Because I didn't know where I was, but... Something that I want to mention is that in this dungeon, there are, like, rubbish piles that if you if you blast them, it'll blow away the rubbish. And that's cool. Uh, having having blastable trash piles is awesome. Yeah, I mean, they look more ominous th than that to me. They look like sort of... Anything could be in that weird pile of trash. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's like a million bugs are going to come out of it or something, and it's, it just sort of looks kind of spooky, and then you blast it, and it goes away, and you can, like, get a little mini chest and there's a key or whatever. It's, it's very satisfying. Um... And you just gotta, you gotta have a little ways of mixing it up. Like it didn't even, it's 10 polygons or whatever. It's just a, a just not complicated way in terms of art to just put a little extra variety. So here we've uh, gotten to a boat. Um, and there's a, there's a giant royal Triforce crest on the boat. Hmm, what's the puzzle here? So I'm gonna change a couple items. I'm gonna go to this and this. Okay. And then we're gonna go oops, like That's something they definitely improved in Majora's Mask. If you mess up on a required song in this, you just have to close out, even if you only played one note off. But in Majora's Mask, it lets you play till you play a song. It just looks at the most recent X many notes until it matches a song. If you yeah, if you play uh, the correct sequence to make a song, because there's no overlapping songs. Right. I don't think there are any overlapping songs in this either, are there? Yeah, but they just uh, you're right. But they just make this uh, require like the specific note perfect from the first note. Yeah. Even though that's a little arbitrary, I'm sure it's easier to code, but. You know, on the player, it's very arbitrary. Yeah, just just thinking about the programming. Yeah, I could I could imagine both styles and how the 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 Ocarina of Time style is like the more obvious way to do it. But the Majora's Mask isn't too much harder, and it is much nicer on the player. So now that you mention it, yeah, it's a good improvement. Yeah. Um. So we've gotten over the boats thingy, um, and I'm sure that if I didn't have the Vigoran sword and I wasn't good at fighting people in this game, that, that would have been hard, but... Pop two Stalfos. Link, this ship is sinking. Uh, yeah, so so as the ship goes down the canal, uh, two Stalfos get on the ship and fight you, um, and you have to sort of defeat them in time. Also, when you jump off the ship, it looks like there's nowhere else to go, but if you look across... Um, there are some bombs near a pillar holding up a statue, and if you shoot the bombs with an arrow, or, or bomb flowers, I should say, if you shoot the bomb flowers with an arrow, 
they explode and the statue falls down, forming a bridge. It's all very dramatic, very Lord of the Rings. And there's also a visual cue to let you know to look across the river from the fact that if you keep walking to the main door, there is a broken statue, but um, yeah, it's hinting. The it's not in the center. And so, yeah, you see the other matching statue across the way that's still standing. The mini yeah. hands are more dangerous than the big hands. So, yeah, in this room, there's a monster. We haven't really... It was, there's one of these in the forest temple, but we haven't really faced these before. They're like hands that come out from the ceiling. And if they grab you, they'll, like, pick you up and take you back to other places. But these ones are wall masters. They suck the life out of you. Okay. I think. The, uh, the ceiling masters do do what you said. Okay. They're uh, separate sort of um, these attack have been, patterns. These, have, these are like series staples. These have been in... Since, since the, the first the, game. Yeah, the very first game. And uh, it's actually like a rather clever enemy in terms of the design. Because the player... Like, it's bad for the player. The player loses time if they get sent back to the start of a dungeon. But it's not too bad for the player. They can like... Like, they still have all their hearts or whatever, and they can just proceed from where they are. Oh, but it can be really aggravating in some of the 2D games. Like, I think in... Mm, in Link to the Past and uh, uh, Link Between Worlds, I kind of feel like they come with, like, annoying frequency. Yeah. Yeah, they can... It, it can be done too much. But, um... But, like, in, in terms of the amount of danger that they represent, I think it's sort of an appropriate level of danger um, without, like, you don't die and have to go all the way back to the start and then find the entire dungeon again. I am going to explain a few things that just happened in the last couple rooms. There's a main sort of center room that we've come into with the invisible walls in the hands, but the next room was actually the boss key room, so semi-important. Yeah. And uh, there are two walls of wooden spikes coming in on you to, like, Iron Maiden you to they're, death. They're coming the in from sides. the sides, like, trash compactor style. And there's very, very trash compactor. It looks just like that scene. And there's a pot, an urn if you would, uh, but you break the Zelda pot and it has a magic in it and you can use this magic to do the That's Din's the fire and then there's a Gibdo and a chest on either side of the room, but the Din's fire makes them re-deads. Yeah, um, which is Boom. fun that if you if you burn them, they'll take some damage, but it will also burn off their robes and turn them into re-deads, which is cool. Like, anytime monsters can transform, it's awesome. In this scary skull blue flame room there are three scary blue flame skulls yeah Spooky scary. yeah there's like a there's a lazy susan that's moving around three blue flame urn skull things it's halloween and dio de los muertos all in one we don't know what to do with ourselves we're loving it and we're scared dios de los zapatos um so, so you gotta blow up. Oops. Oh, so there's, there's, there's one correct one, right? There's like one correct one, but you don't, I'm just you don't like have to get all down. three, but you sort of have to guess which one is which. I'm gonna get out my bomb bag so I don't yeah. miss a cycle again like that. There we go. It's the third one, but after I used my bomb bag, I got them all. Oh, it's sprouted a whole bunch of rupees. And the keys that we need to defeat. Probably. Two keys. Two keys. 
Now that those keys are dead, I have three hearts. Um, I guess this was just a bonus room. I thought there was a key in here for some reason. But the other skull room has a key but no chest. Maybe I just didn't want to be fooled. Let's see here, I want the lens of truth. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. So, uh, I just wanted to tell the podcast listeners for a, a moment that I've been playing uh, the board game Gloomhaven on Tabletop Simulator and uh, with, with my friends. That's what we've been doing weekly instead of uh, like D&D uh, lately. And it is a treat. If you can play Gloomhaven, uh, you should. Also Tabletop Simulator. Good tabletop Simulator is great. Uh, describe me some Gloomhaven. That's the... It's like D&D in a box. Oh, the, oh, right. The way that you fight is much, much different. It's like um, you, as a character, have predetermined moves that you can do, essentially. And they're a little card deck. Like, my characters right now, because I, I, in one game I'm playing two characters, um, have like a... One of them has a hand of nine, and the other has a hand of ten. And for the whole game, these are all the all the cards they get. And each card has essentially what's thought of as like the top is an attack action, and the bottom is generally a move action. Ooh, oh, fell into the void. Um, and that's uh, um, the I remember you described this during the the game of the year. Is this the one where? Oh no no no! I, I'm thinking of um. The Betrayal of the House on the Hill, where there was like different action categories, and each action verb can only be done once, but you could do different verbs, like you had a drink and an attack and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was cool too. Good yeah. game also, but uh, Gloomhaven's really, really addictive. <laughs> yeah. So we're in the final room, leading up to the boss. Uh, there's uh, a bunch of invisible. Uh, Pillars, I guess we should say. Yeah, they're well, they're just like weird. You, you, you jump across the little platforms that are otherwise in a void, and they're all invisible. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna try the leap of faith. I is this wise? It worked. The leap of it worked. Somehow. All right. Somehow they knew they would be safe. So. I could use the hover boots to have the weird effect on the bongo, but I don't think I'm going to. I think that would actually make the fight harder. So. I think it does make the fight much harder. Mm, yeah. So Obviously, yeah. you should fight with the iron boots. What is that actually like? I'm gonna do that. I I don't. I think, think it just, I've it even just tried slows that. you down. It just it's just worse. I wanna just see what happens with them iron boots. I'm gonna put them on before the cutscene. So describe yeah. the room we're in. So we're in a room where there's a pillar where you, or a uh, uh, pit where you can just jump down into the pit, and um, when you jump down, cutscene, you're on a giant drum, and the iron boots made their donk noise. Good. And uh, some hands are are slapping that drum. Some creepy hands. Is they're just hands? They're completely disembodied. Oh no, there is a body, and it's a weird corpse. Phantom Shadow Beast Bongo Bongo. 
So I want you to imagine... A hanging corpse. Uh, I want you to imagine a, like a zombie, only you, you cut it off at the waist. And then you take that waist, you hang it up in the air. And then, so it's upside down. And then, and then the arms, chop out the middle of the arms so that they're like invisible. And they're, they're still connected to the hands, but they're just invisible while they're, while they're motioning the hands around. And then where the head should be, I want you to chop off that head and just have like a, a glowing red wound that is the weak spot for this monster. And, and that's what Bongo Bongo is like. It's just a hanging corpse with a red wound for a monster and Actually, wait. invisible arm hands. Yeah, uh, and, no, and, I couldn't get up with gem slash. Okay, I gotta take him off. Yeah, I'm you gotta take the boots off. Uh, so, so sort of the gimmick for this monster is that like when the hands hit the drum, the drum shakes and it like launches Link into the air, and so it's like hard to control your movement because of you being in the air half the time. But it's ultimately not too hard, and um, it's it's pretty cool. It's a, it's also, a neat the, concept. Yeah, this is this is a really it's a really uh, it's a high level conceptual piece. Well, but having then... to do with drums and bongos. <laughs> also, um, bongo uh, bongo is invisible the whole time unless you're using lens. So. Yeah, the center body, but you can always see the hands. Ah, yes, the hand hands are real. Uh, body is fake. And if you take out the hands, then they give you either arrows or magic, which is useful. Yeah, you shoot the hands with arrows, and then they like sort of swing and, and be stunned and then the 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 wound flies towards you the wounded neck thing i can't tell if it's supposed to be like a demonic eye or if it's just supposed to look like a flowering of flesh yeah i don't know what that's supposed to look like We have several now. A full row plus two. So, uh, unlike the uh, the Spirit Temples thing, the Mirror Shield. Yeah. The hover boots can actually be used in the spirit temple. Well, I mean, isn't that just because the spirit temple is the last temple? If that's why the shield can't be used elsewhere. Mm, I think the medallion order shows the shadow temple is the last temple. Oh. So you could. Uh, oh, this is Impus talking. The boy with the noble Zelda's ocarina. With the noble Zelda's ocarina, as I expected, you have come. I am Impa, one of the Sheikah. I am Princess Zelda's caretaker, and I am also the sage who guards the Shadow Temple. We Sheikah have served the royalty of Hyrule from generation to generation as attendants. However, on that day seven years ago, Ganondorf suddenly attacked, and Hyrule Castle surrendered after a short time. Ganondorf's target was one of the keys to the Sacred Realm, the hidden treasure of the royal family. The Ocarina of Time! My duty bound me to take Zelda out of Ganondorf's reach. When last I saw you, 
as we made our escape from the castle, you were just a lad. Now, I see that you have become a fine hero. There's nothing to worry about. The princess is safe now. Soon, you'll meet the Princess Zelda face to face, and she will explain everything. That is when we, the six wise ones, will seal up the evil king and return peace to Hyrule. I have to stay here. You go to Princess Zelda's side and protect her on my behalf. Now I put my power, which should be helpful to you, into this medallion. It Does is her dialogue feel you. real weird? Like, like it's supposed to be overly formal and it's just not translating right? Yeah, maybe. Um, she is supposed to be like the head of a ninja clan, but I didn't know that as a kid. Like, that just didn't occur to me based on anything that's said in the game, really. Yeah. You see the Shadow Medallion, Impa at Wakens of the Sage, and adds her power to yours. Because everything we in this before looks like, Western. You're and, getting all this... And, like, theoretically, the Kakariko Village is supposed to secretly be Ninja Village. Yeah. Just like the Kakariko in, um, Breath of the Wild, I think. Yeah, I don't... Because that's why there's all these dead bodies in these weird tombs, because there's, like, been assassinations in the Hyrule past or whatever by the, the Sheikah, who have done the dirty work of the Hyrule, the Hylians. I think it's... It's better conveyed in Breath of the Wild, by a big margin, that there's, like, all this ninja stuff going on. And here it's, like... You could easily not know that there's a ninja thing going As on. As a dumb kid, I definitely picked up on 0% of it. Yeah. There's... It's like, ninja, what are you talking about? Um... What are we, where are we going? Oh, we're the talking to a guy on the roof. give you a heart piece. Hey, good to see you again. I'll give you this as a memento. Oh yeah, it gives you a piece of heart. It's just a guy sitting on a roof that gives you a piece of heart. Yeah. Mm, uh, oh, uh, Sculpture the House. Oh, yes, yes, I have 30 now. Now I shall not be so, defeated. So you jumped off that, and the thought that I had in my head was press X to deploy the glider. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just thinking, will I take a half heart of fall damage or no fall damage? Um... I guess the other one. Please save my other brothers too! I'm sure they'll give you something a lot better. Will you do it? Uh, go back here. Maybe it's this guy back ah, here. Ah, here we go. The curse has been broken. Thank you. Here's a reward for you. That guy's worse looking than his brothers. You got a giant's wallet. What a huge wallet. You cannot carry up to 500 rupees. How did they manage to make that guy look so much worse? <laughs> oh. It's like his bangs do not go with his pig nose. Because they all have pig nose, and that's just what they look like. Okay. But those bangs and, like, like sideburns and everything, it was a lot. Okay. Um. Should I go somewhere specific? Should I go... Should I leap Epona over the river so that we can dramatically uh, pause where we would enter the Gerudo? Um, you could. I mean, we can just save and quit using a normal save and quit instead of a save state, and then do okay. it in the next thing. Um, is there anything else that we I can do as drive. part of the Shadow Temple? Um, I... I can't think of anything. Like, is there... 
Yeah, I also can't think of anything. I mean, the main thing is we could break up uh, the first part of the Gerudo stuff by getting the uh, training permit or whatever now, and then we'd be able to do the mini games and the uh, Ice Arrows stuff if we wanted at the beginning of the Spirit Temple episode. Hmm. So you could break it up a little more, but... Nah, all the Gerudo... We can put the Gerudo stuff together, and we've been talking for a while. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fine. Sounds good to me. Um, all right. Uh, so let me just double check and save again. Boop, 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 save. Saving. All right. Uh, good luck, everyone, and be careful and so forth. Bye. Saluton. Mia mikoi. Oh, mia mikoi. Um. Hey friends, we're here to learn Esperanto. We're going to learn the home skill. Uh, now that we're getting used to it, we're just going to focus on starting the skill, and then we'll practice daily life. Uh, and I think we'll just do one new skill and one practice. Seems fine. I encourage you to, at home, do your own practicing and going through the tree and stuff. Let's see. So let's do... Oh, we can do tips, of course. Of course. Oh, this one's important. Accusative. The accusative ending. N. Take a look at this English sentence. The woman kisses the little boy. Why is that... Why is that your example sentence, Duolingo? Uh, how do you know who is kissing and who is being kissed? In English, you know by the word order. The woman comes before the verb, so she is doing the kissing, or to use the grammatical term, she is the subject of the sentence. The little boy comes after the verb, so he is the one being kissed, and he is the grammatical object of the sentence. In Esperanto, you can tell who is the subject and who is the object of the sentence by the endings. The subject of the sentence, meaning the one who is doing the kissing, ends in O. The object of the sentence, the one who is being kissed, adds N after the O. This means that you can always tell who or what is the subject and who or what is the object, even if the sentence is switched around. La virino kisas la malgrandan knabon. The woman kisses the little boy. La malgrandan knabon kisas la virino. Is still the woman kisses the little boy. Look for the N. This still means the woman kisses the little boy, even though the word order has been changed. Note that the adjective, in this case malgranda, also takes the N ending. The same as the noun it refers to, malgrandan knabon. These sentences mean the same thing and are all equally correct, though the word order alters the emphasis slightly. They all mean the woman kisses the small boy. La verino kisas la malgrandan knabon. La malgrandan knabon kisas la verino. Kisas la verino la malgrandan knabon. Kisas la malgrandan knabon la verino. La verino la malgrandan knabon kisas. La malgrandan knabon la verino kisas. The N ending in Esperanto is called the accusative. Be aware that the accusative ending N is never used with the verb estas. Li estas knabo. He is a boy. Accusative and plural. If a word already ends in J, the N is added after it. 
La manjas bonain kukoin. I am eating good cakes. Mi vidas la belain virinoin. I see the beautiful women. Pronouns. Pronouns also get the N ending. Note how regularly Esperanto pronouns change as compared to their English counterparts. Uh, Esperino, Esperanto subject, me. Esperanto object, min. Esperanto subject, I, er, sorry, English subject, I. English object, me. So, uh, in the same order, we have V and Vin, which would be you and you in English. Lee and Lin would be he and him in English. She and Shin would be she and her in English. Ni and Nin would be we and us in English. And Ili Ilin would be they and them in English. So English, it's got all these irregular pronouns. What letters go on the end? I don't know. I completely becomes me. He replaces a letter and puts on M. She becomes her. We, it's, it's nonsense. And then you doesn't change at all. Um, whereas in Esperanto, throw an N on there. Boom, you're done. You know how to do it. Uh, why many expressions end in N? When you use an expression like thanks in English, you're actually shortening a full statement. As you just learned, N indicates the object of the sentence, as you can see in the examples below. Dancon is short for mi donas alvi dancon. Thanks is short for I give you thanks. Thanks is the object of this sentence, is what you're giving. Um, saluton, mi donas alvi saluton. Hi, or greetings, is I give you greetings. Greetings is the object. It's the verb targets the greetings, so it's the object. Uh, felice novenjaron. Mi desiras alvi felice novenjaron. Happy New Year is I wish you a happy new year. Happy New Year is the object. Prepositions. The noun following a preposition normally takes a simple O ending, or OI if it's plural. Other endings will be explained later. So, for example, La virino estas en la cafeo. The woman is in the cafe. Ni iras al la parco. So, in the first case, um, we used the woman is in the cafe. In the second one, we used uh, we go to the park. But uh, even though in the second sentence, ni iras al la parco, we have a verb other than estas. So normally, you would think, oh, you have to use the accusative. But because la parco comes after a preposition, all, all is a preposition, then you don't use the accusative in this case. Um, and as they say, other endings will be explained later, there are situations where you use the accusative after a preposition, but it means something other than being the accusative of the verb. Uh, it, it, it comes naturally once you get used to it. You'll, you'll see later. Um, but whatever that is, you'll see many lessons from now. Uh, it, it won't be in this lesson. Let's see. So if you're feeling confident in the accusative, uh, then we're ready to start the lesson. If you're not, 
I guess rewind the tape or whatever. I don't know. So let's hit start. Chu vi vidas la kvar knaboin? Chu vi vidas la kvar knaboin? So, uh, do you see the four boys? Yeah, that looks right. Adamo kisas la virinon. Adam kisses the woman. Uh, the woman, sorry. Just one. Adam kisses the woman. Li vidas shin kai iras al shi. Li vidas shin kai iras al shi. So he sees her. Oh, he sees her and uh, goes to her. Uh, is that al shi? Yeah. Al shi would be to her. I got it right. I got it right. Sometimes your instincts will uh, lead you a little faster than your conscious brain is ready for. So, li vidas shin kairas al shi. He sees her and goes to her. Uh, so remember, she is the she. She is the feminine pronoun, and then when it's accusative, it becomes shin. 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 Uh, let's see. Next. Ili vidas nin en la cafeo. Ili vidas nin en la cafeo. So we're writing this in English. So they see us in the cafe. Uh, some sort of third person omniscient narrator is saying that, I suppose. La virino quizás vin. La virino quizás vin. So the woman kisses you. Li amas shin. Kai shi kisas lin. Li amas shin kai shi kisas lin. So he, so li amas shin. Li is the subject. Amas the verb. Shin is the object. Uh, he kisses her. And kai kai is connecting these clauses with and. She kisas lin. So we've inverted the uh, the the. Uh, what's your pronouns? We've in, we've inverted the pronouns, and now uh, it's he kisses her and she kisses him. But because the uh, because the accusative itself is also moving from li to lin, now we know it's he to him. Oh, amas! Oh, oh, friends! I made a goof. Uh, it's li amas shin kai shi kisas lin. So it's it's he loves her. The the verbs are different. I should have noticed that amas and kisas are different verbs. That's that was my goof. La virino kisas vin. La vir. This is a type what you hear. So we're gonna type it exactly. La virino kisas lin. I think that's right. La virino kisas vin. Vin. La virino kisas vin. So the woman kisses you. Good. She amas lin kaimin. Uh, she amas lin kaimin. She loves him and me. Oh, got some duo triangles going on here. Mark the correct meaning. He sees us. So let's see. Li nin lactan. Totally wrong. 
Nin Viron Li. Again, that's no. Now, Li Vidas Nin. There we go. Vidas. That's what we're looking for. He sees us. So, Vidas. Li amas shin, kai shi kisas lin. He loves her and she kisses him. All right. There we go. That's the question we had before. All sorted. I think it's. it feels like it's seven questions per... Uh, her lesson. All right, next lesson. Which one of these is milk? Options are Biero, with a picture of some beers, Akvo, with a bottle of water, and Lacto, con uh, a picture of milk. Lacto. Uh, so we got the, uh, the Milk in It podcast friends are just going nuts right now, learning a new word for milk, I'm sure. Lacto. Which of these is beer? Biero. 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 She amas la viron. She loves. Oh, she amas la viron. I've been trying to say each sentence myself. Uh, she amas la viron. She loves the man. Which of these is water? Akvo. Akvo. Ili trinkas lacton. So trinkas is a new uh, word. It's uh, the verb for drinking a thing. So like drinking a liquid. Li trinkas lacton. So, oh, ili. Ili trinkas lacton. So they drink milk. Mi trinkas akvon. Mi trinkas akvon. Yeah. Mi havas tri katoin. Me havas have like like possess. I have three cats. I have three cats. Notice uh the number tree does not take it's it's sort of not quite an adjective, so it doesn't get pluralized and made accusative like cato has become catoin. Tree stays as just tree. I have three cats. Uh, let's see. So this is a hard exercise. A man kisses a woman. Uh, Vito kisses Virinon. Vino Vito kisses Virinon. Let's take a drink. I'm getting a little tongue-tied. The boys do not drink beer. I should hope not. La knaboy, la knaboy ne trinkas bieron, bieron. The boys do not drink beer. La knaboy ne trinkas bieron. All right, that one was a perfect. No false moves here. All right, let's do, which of these is chocolate? Chocolado. So this has the accented C, uh, which we have only, I think we've only seen in one other word so far, chu. So chocolado. Chocolado. Chocolate. Which of these is cake? Cuco. No, oh, it didn't have a word for it. Well, cuco is a cake. La cafeo ne habas malvarman vieron. Uh, let's see. La cafe ne havas malvarman bieron. The cafe does not have. Cafe does not have uh, cold 
beer. The cafe does not have cold beer. Is that a is that a thing that you would expect a cafe to have? Which of these is bread? Option three, pano. La cafeo ne havas malvarman bieron. La oh, this is the same sentence from before. La ca cafeo ne havas uh, malvarman bieron. La cafeo ne havas malvarman bieron. I like how it rolls kind of off the tongue. Uh, Ni vidas ilin. Uh, translate that to English. Ni vidas ilin. So, uh, we see them. La knabo ne shatas kafon. La knabo ne shatas kafon. Uh, the boy. Shatas uh, is a new verb. It means uh, to like a thing. Or like shatas present tense would be like a thing. So the boy ne shatas does not like kafon would be coffee. The boy does not like coffee. Uh, hard exercise. I am eating delicious chocolate. So me manjas um, delicious chocolate would be uh, bon gustan. We haven't seen this word before. So uh, bon ju b o n g u s t a n Cho chocoladon. Mi manjas bon gustan chocoladon. Uh, I am eating delicious chocolate. All right, let's try that. There we go. Uh, the bread is good. La pano bon. So we could say estas bona. I was gonna say bonas, but we'll say estas bona for now. La pano estas bona. Uh, we got one more to do. Which of these is letter? Letero, with a picture of a letter. Pomo, with a picture of an apple. And libro, with a picture of a book. Letero. We'll pick letero. Seems like the safe bet. Which of these is money? Letero, jornalo, with a picture of a newspaper. Uh, mono with a picture of a stack of American dollars or something like that. La viro amas belain virinoin. La viro amas belain virinoin. So the man loves beautiful women. Oh, oh, I spelled the wrong. I put two, two men. That's okay. Which of these is apple? Pomo. Sophia dormas. Sophia sleeps. Oh, it says review exercise. So this is giving us a, a sentence that would be in a previous lesson, forcing us to review it. Okay, yeah, Sophia sleeps or is sleeping. Which of these is book? Libro. Sophia shatas journaloin. Journaloin, let's see. Journaloin. Journaloin, they want us to translate it as newspapers. Sounds like journal. We're using the translation newspapers. Um, the, uh, oh, what is, the, what is it that I want to say? Oh, yeah. If you think of, like, 
old-timey names of some newspapers, like the Journal of Natural Science or something like that. It's more like that. Like, it's like a periodical. Um, and in this case, we're translating as newspapers. It's, it's a little loose. It's like one of those chips versus biscuits type thing. It's like, what is a, what is a chip? Well, it means a different thing in the U.S. versus the U.K. Um, Sofia Shatas Journaloin. So, Sofia loves newspapers. And you know what? Soon enough, we won't have to learn this word, journaloin, because there won't be any newspapers left. So, that's an exciting time. Oh, Shatas is, is likes, not loves. Ili vidas multain homoin en la cafeo. Ili vidas multain homoin en la cafeo. So, we've seen multa before, I think. Multain. Uh, I think we might have seen multe instead, but multa is the adjective form. Uh, so multai and homoin would be many people. So ilividas, they see multai and homoin, many people, en la cafeo, in the cafe. La virinoi legas la jurnalon. La virinoi legas la jurnalon. So legas, legas is reading. Uh, the women, la virinoin, but la verinoi, the women are reading the newspaper. Journalon, just one newspaper. Uh, the women are reading the newspaper. Yes, homo. Yes, homo. Type what you hear. I heard yes, homo, which is yes, an apple. La viro amas belain virinoin. Uh, la viro amas belain virinoin. Oh, th this is the man loves beautiful women. We, we did this earlier, but then I, I typoed it. The man loves beautiful, beautiful women. There we go. Sofia shatas journaloin. Sofia likes, not loves, likes newspapers. I just think they're neat. Um, quality, quality meme there, folks, if you got that one. All right, we got one crown in the home skill. Tomorrow's new skill will be names. But for now, we're going to practice uh, daily life. The coffee is hot. Uh, let's see. La cafo estas varma. La knabo. Kaila Knabino Ludas. So the boy and the girl play or are playing. I'll say are playing. She is a big girl, so she estas granda granda knabino. She estas granda knabino. La parkoi estas grandai. La parkoi estas grandai. He is a man. Li estas viro. Estas hundo en la parko. Estas hundo en la parko. She is a good mother. She estas bona patrino.
let's see. Right there's an Esperanto. There is a dog in the park. So, estas hundo en la parco. Yeah, there we go. Continue. Uh, let's see. Start another practice. Sofia and Adamo are happy. Sofia kai Adamo contenta contenta dormas. No, no, no. Estas felicei. Sounds right. Uh, la contentai. No, no, no. Estas felicei. That's what we're looking for. Are happy. Estas felicei. La lazza bebo dormas. Uh, the tired baby sleeps. La lazza bebo dormas. The tired. Lazza's tired, right? Lazza. Yeah, yeah, tired. The lazza bebo. The tired baby sleeps. Uh, Sophia sleeps because she is tired. Sophia dormas. Uh, char? Um, oh. So I said we hadn't seen other words besides chu that had the accented C on them, but but we've also seen char before. I kind of forgot the ordering of this. Uh, I learned this. So oh, over time, people keep improving these Duolingo trees. So I learned the Esperanto through Duolingo during the 1.0 tree. And then at one point, the people did a lot of work and completely reorganized a whole bunch. So now the words are slightly different than the, the order I remember from before in terms of what words are introduced in what lessons. Uh, Sofia Dormas Char. Uh, she uh, estas Latza. Sofia sleeps because she is tired. La virino laboras rapide. Rapide. La virino laboras rapide. Sounds right. Let's see, write this in Esperanto. We go to the park. Ni iras al la parco. Uh, it's like the missing word. Ni iras something la parco. Tre la parco? That doesn't sound right. Kai? No, no. We want al la parco. The baby does not sleep. La bebo ne dormas. The baby does not sleep. La bebo ne dormas. There we go. Sounds right. And then this is a hard exercise. The two boys are happy. La du knaboy estas felicia. And felicia also has a cho in it. All right. Well, I just, uh, I guess I'm goofy and just forgetting all these chills that we've seen. La du knaboy estas felicia. The two boys are happy. Oh! Oh, felicia! I got it wrong. Foolish me. Because there's there's two boys, so the felicia is, is plural. This is what this is what they mean when they say that certain concepts are harder depending on what your original language is. So in English, we don't pluralize our adjectives, so I, I forget that a lot. Um, la du knaboy estas felicei. Uh, let's see. We got two out of three. I accidentally goofed on the very last question, so we can't skip the third lesson. 
Gotta do that third lesson. Mark the correct meaning. I am not going to the park because it is ugly. Mi ne iras al la parko. Chargi estas malbella. That's right. La malgranda virino ludas malrapide. Uh, la malgranda virino ludas malrapide. The, uh, so we're supposed to write in English, the small woman uh, plays slowly. Uh, write this in Esperanto. I am not going to the park because it is ugly. Me ne iras a la parko. Char. Uh, chi estas malbella. Uh, let's see. La bella e viro cae virino danzas mal rapide. Danzas mal rapide. La bella e viro cae virino Danzas mal rapide. So we got belai, and we also have viro kai virino. Uh, so it's a plural, a plural adjective. And then it's applying to two nouns, two singular nouns. And let me just play it again. La belai viro kai virino danzas mal rapide. All right, good. Translation, the good-looking man and woman dance slowly. Um... The night is cold, right in Esperanto. La nocto estas malvarma. Chiludas kun la granda... Is it katoi? Au kato. In this case, because la granda is singular, the adjective is singular, so the noun is singular. So we can guess it's kato. Adam is unhappy because the coffee is cold. Um, Adamo estas mal felicia. Uh, we'll put a comma there. Char la cafo estas mal varma. Sometimes there's a few too mals in uh, Esperanto for my liking. But uh, it's unavoidable, I guess. What, are you going to have different words for hot and cold? Nonsense. Uh, she is playing with the big cats. Uh, so, she ludas kun, kun la granda cato. She is playing with the big cat. She ludas kun la granda cato. Well, that one was perfect. All right. Let's see. Oh, we took 30 minutes this time. We're slowing down. Well, so home also had four lessons in it instead of uh, instead of three lessons. Uh, tomorrow we'll do names, which has three lessons in it. Um, I encourage you to keep learning Esperanto or whatever, whatever language you want. What courses we got? Let's see. Spanish, French. German, Japanese, Italian, Korean, Chinese, Russian, Hindi, Arabic, Portuguese, Turkish, Dutch, Latin, Swedish, Irish, Greek, Polish, Norwegian, Bokmal, 
Hebrew, Vietnamese, Hawaiian, Danish, Indonesian, High Valerian, Scottish Gaelic, Welsh, Romanian, Czech, Finnish, Swahili, Hungarian, Ukrainian, Klingon, Navajo, Esperanto, and 99% hatched Yiddish. Now those are sorted based off of the number of people enrolled, the number of learners. So Spanish, French, and German have uh, millions of learners each, uh, all the way down, let's see, Greek has 1.1 million learners, Polish has 970,000 learners. So everything I listed off up to Greek has at least a million people learning it on Duolingo. This is really good for some languages like uh, Irish or um, Navajo or other languages that are part of part of a group that is uh, not not doing so well in the preserving of their language and culture uh, due to imperialist and uh, I, I was going to say colonizing forces, but I, I guess. Did the English colonize the Irish? I just don't know. I don't know if it counts. Um, but they're certainly imperialist. Um, now, in a sense, it's like maybe silly that there are more people signed up to learn High Valerian than signed up to learn Gaelic or Welsh or Romanian. Um, but oh well. I'm excited about this 99% done Yiddish. I like it when there's new courses. I don't learn most of these courses because most of these courses um, I am not good at because you can't type them with a standard US keyboard. And that's just kind of how my brain connects with languages at this point. Having to get a bunch of funny accents. Like Esperanto is already, I feel like... I feel like there's enough accents in Esperanto, and there's like five. I mean, technically there's six, but realistically there's five. You don't type the accented H that much. There's like one letter that you ever need that accented H on. And then we went over Klingon and its garbage capitalization rules. But like, um, like I tried Latin. Latin was okay. Um, at the time, the Latin course was pretty insufficient like it didn't cover verb tenses like you could get through all the latin courses and there it didn't seem like there was a skill for past past and uh future verbs everything was present tense all the time so i'm sure someday the latin course will become better um if you know of additional duolingo courses where you can type on it with a standard us keyboard let me know and uh maybe maybe we'll give them a try all right folks uh, just la vida.